welcome to another edition of The Edric Show. I am your host, Edric Jerome. This is the place for intelligent conversation with interesting people. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure and hit that subscribe button. You can also catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of your favorite online streaming platforms. Be sure and leave a comment, subscribe, uh, give, give me a like, let me know how I'm doing as I continue to grow this thing from the ground up. Uh, I have a special guest today. This is going to be a uh, an interesting interview because not only is she a dynamic person, she's also a friend, um, but let's get right into it. So my guest today is the Honorable Princess Washington, Mayor Pro Tem and City Council Member of Sassoon City, California. Council Member Washington received the highest vote total of all candidates in the last election, and she ran on a winning platform of public safety, inclusion, beautification, and improving the local economy. She's also an accomplished actor and a graduate of Solano College's ATB, ATP, excuse me, conservatory, and a 2022 Theater Bay Area RHE Foundation Artistic Fellowship nominee. Councilwoman Washington currently serves as a trustee for the Knights of Peter Claver Ladies Auxiliary, which is the largest Black Catholic organization in the world. And her community work includes leadership positions with the Fairfield Sassoon Rotary Club, Salvation Army of Solano County, and chair of the Solano County Sierra Club. Councilmember Washington, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, you actually had a whole other paragraph of stuff that I could have put in the introduction because you've done so much over the years. So uh, I actually left some stuff out. You are a very, very busy person. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was too long. It's so weird to sit here and it's like a list of things. One, one that I do want to bring up, though, is sure. the Love Life Foundation based out in Oakland, California, that was started by Mr. Donald Lacey. Yes. Um, which whole, the whole purpose is to end gun violence. Oh, very timely. Um, if if anything that I do, that to me is precedence because of the detriment to our community. Um, and what happens when we start using that term love life and that trickles down to the youth and that allows mentality. Um, so I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, the Love Life Foundation because the work they are doing is incredible. So <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so let me go into my first question. Uh, you have a long track record of community, civic and philanthropic activities uh, in the private sector. But what motivated you to want to run for election and why was that so important to you? Well, you know, I think I really wouldn't do this anywhere else. I love Sassoon City. I think I'm very fortunate to grow up um, in this environment where it's heavily diverse, it's quite peaceful. Um, and I didn't want that to change, right? So really it was a turn of events. I think it was an act of God ultimately. So we did have a, a lot of great female representation already in place. Uh, we had Miss Lori Wilson who was promoted to state assembly. So then her, she became, her seat became vacant. Um, and then we had Ms. Wanda Williams, who now is county supervisor. So she, you know, kind of exited. So then I said, wow, well, who else is there? We had uh, our current mayor, Alma Hernandez, who's wonderful. She's still there. But there was two seats up, which if you know dynamics of city council, two out of five is a lot of uh, sway. Right. And I didn't want the progress that was done to become negated. So I feel like it's not that I wanted to run, but I kind of offered myself as tribute, <laughs> you know, I was like, well, you know, I, let me see what I can do because I care enough to step in. Um, and I was already on commission, you know, with you. Um, and I love the work that we were doing. I mean, we are headed in such a wonderful, positive direction. I didn't want that to be negated 
I didn't know who was going to step in, right? You don't know who's going to go for election. And one thing that I realized is the power of the city council. I think we are really blind to the fact that the city council in your local city actually has the most power over you. That's your immediate jurisdiction. That's kind of the decisions that affect your day-to-day -day life. We often think of politics in the federal realm or the state level, which is all fine and dandy, but really local is what affects you the most. And, you know, I think that I just love my city so much. Um, I love the people, the community, and I really just wanted to step in to do what I could to help serve and make things better. Uh, and you actually get to uh, represent the city you grew up in. So how does that feel to not only, because that's that's not always the case. So how does that feel to grow up in a oh, city? Oh, it's surreal. Yeah, yes. it's surreal. I mean, <laughs> it's interesting because I feel like I, it's the same place as I frequented as a child, right, or growing up. And it's interesting how many how much things change, especially in this new um, role. Now I'm responsible for the things that I used to just, you know, fly right past, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's it's really interesting. Uh, I think the community keeps me grounded, right? Um, and I keep myself grounded. I think being adjacent to this beautiful marshland that I can go out and think and look at the birds, right? So I think a lot of the environment uh, helps me maintain myself. Um, if anything, you know, it is a, um, a, a, a reality check when you realize, wow, I'm responsible for all of this now. What I say and do really matters on um, a whole different level. Um, and I, it's not, not just about, I'm not a private citizen here anymore, right? I'm a representation of the city. And not that that's a bad thing. I'm still myself. I refuse to ever be anything other than me. Like that's all I can ever be. But I'm very, very aware of my responsibility. Um, and what I need to do in order to bring things forward. Um, so if anything, it just kind of <laughs> increased my anxiety, <laughs> but in a good way, you know, I've, again, to be in this position is a blessing. Uh, would I complain that now I have <clears throat> a position of quote unquote power or, or is it better to be powerless? Because I started because I felt so powerless, right? I was so upset with the current state of things and I got so frustrated and I felt powerless. So then I said, well, what can I do? And that became that catalyst. So now I'm on the other side of that. And I don't want to cry, woe is me, because now I am able to, to help and make things better. So I'm really just grateful that um, I was chosen to do so. Hmm. You know, it's not lost on me. Uh, it was by accident. I never thought, you know, as this little kid walking around here that I would be city council one day. I mean, and again, I have to give uh, great respect to Miss Lori Wilson and Wanda Williams and Alma, because I never saw myself reflected before in those positions and representation matters because you can only become what you see. Um, and so again, you know, I just stand on the shoulders of those before me and also like Miss Ruth Fortney, who is a community legend and has done a lot in her own right. So again, I'm only riding the coattails of those before me. So I'm just grateful to, you know, be in this position. Um, it took some time for all of the votes to be counted and certified, but uh, the one constant was that you were always number one. You were always at the top, and you all, in, as I mentioned in the open, you received the most votes. So, um, how did it feel when the vote was finally certified, and you realized, wow, you know, it's it's here now. I I am an elected official with a mandate because you had that number one votes, uh, number yeah. one amount of votes out of all the candidates. You know, I, you know, the, the I know numbers matter. 
you know, like they, I think Jay-Z had, was a Jay-Z men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's cool and all, but <clears> I, <throat> I don't think of it in the terms of I'm number one goat getter. I'm the, you know, I'm grateful for the support, right? I'm happy I had that cushion to where I did not have to worry as much as the other candidates who had such a close race. Um, one thing I did realize is, you know, every vote does matter because the second seat, I think, was decided by 12 votes. Right. Right. So, again, um, I, that was a learning lesson for me uh, to really tell people, look, your vote does matter. <clears throat> It really matters. It's very close. It matters who you put in these positions because they are going to decide things for you. So it's very important that you cast your vote because that's the power that you have to sway decision making, which ultimately affects your life. Um, but I was very, I mean, I was blown away. I didn't expect that. You know, I I I I did not expect to have all the votes. I mean, I knew I grew up here, you know, it's a very small community, you know that, but ultimately you don't know what people are going to do. Right. Um, and I really just was myself. I, I didn't want to become this political machine now that I'm trying to go for this office. I don't want that. I still want to be the same person that grew up here. You know, I want to grow, but I don't want to change, right? And so I was just grateful that um people kind of supported me in that endeavor. Again, I'm only here because you put me here. Um, and so everyone who voted, like, thank you, you know, and I, now I have to make myself worthy of that vote. Right. So my first thought was, oh, <laughs> let me get to work. You know, I actually just printed out a bunch of the old policies and zoning laws and all these things that I need to make myself better because I can sit in this seat all I want, but if I'm not doing the job and the work, what is the point? Right. All of this <clears> is vain, And I don't want to be that person who just sits there every, every, every other Tuesday. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I need to be active. I need to represent, we need to move forward as a city. We have a lot that we need to work on. Um, and I really, really, if I do nothing else before I leave, I hope that we have greater economic development here because that'll solve all of our problems. Right. So there's a lot, even with that, it's a simple concept, but how do you create that? Um, especially in this economy. So I'm just doing my homework and <laughs> showing up and doing what I can to improve myself, you know, and luckily I find it interesting. Um, and so, you know, it's really exciting. It really is. It's a journey, man. Like it's so surreal. It really is. <laughs> um, so Sun City, and you kind of referenced it a little bit, but Sun, Sun City obviously has opportunities and challenges like most small communities in California. Um, if you had to pick one, uh, and I know there's, there's a few you could pick from, but what do you think is the biggest opportunity for Sassoon City? And maybe one is, uh, what is one of the biggest challenges? <laughs> so I think our weakness is our strength, hmm. right? Uh, we're a very small city. We're four square miles. We're about 30,000 people, right? We're tiny, but that's what makes it beautiful. You know, we kind of are buffered from a lot of what goes on in the larger cities because we're tiny and we're easily managed. Our greatest asset, I think, is our waterfront. I mean, we have a beautiful, beautiful waterfront here, access to the Bay Area. Um, it's a great strength. Um, but again, you know, it's also our weakness because it's underdeveloped, right? Hmm. We have a lot of um, vacant buildings that need to be filled. Um, we have a lot of blight right now um, and it's underutilized. So that is also me working with our strength, which is our waterfront. But at this time, it's not reaching its full potential. So how do we make that happen? Um, and I think that's just going to take some time. I think that we're heading in the right direction. Um, and because we're so small, you know, we have one third of the sales tax of any other California city, right? Because we're a bedroom community. So again, the, we, the, the strength of 
have a lot of houses, people, they live here, they, they, they commute, they leave, they come back, they rest. So it's a great place to grow up. Quality of life is great. Um, you know, but again, there's no economic development because it's a bedroom community, right? So we don't have a lot of commercial uh, businesses and things like that. A city needs to support itself. So how do we kind of create what we lack? Because once we do that, it, we're perfect. Like the only thing we really lack is just revenue, right? Yeah. Everything else I think is just amazing. And I don't want to lose our strength, which is we're small town. Everyone knows everybody, the camaraderie. Uh, we're heavily diverse. We're equally represented with all race and ethnicities. It's amazing. I don't want to lose that. I don't want us to sell our soul per se, but we have to compete with the rest of the market, especially in the Bay Area. The fact that we are uh, underdeveloped waterfront is just insane. I mean, it, it's it's ironic to have a uh, underdeveloped waterfront. Usually, that's the the high end and the and the um, the draw of a place. So I'm really working to create that um, for us. And I think once we do that, like we're it's on and cracking. You know, it's going to be great. <laughs> Um, I know the arts, uh, especially performing arts, are are very important to you, uh, being that you're an actor, an accomplished actor, uh, and performer. Um, what can the arts bring to a community, and why is it vital that there are performance spaces available for artists? Yeah, you know, I was very blessed that the Harbor Theater was here when I was growing up. You know, I think especially when you're a young person, like I've been through, you know, depression and not understanding the world and all these feelings that a person can have. And I think they're natural, right? We're human. How do you articulate your humanity? And the performing arts are, is the one avenue that allows for that. Um, you know, art is a reflection of human, humanness, humankind, human nature. So performing arts especially is man examining it, itself. Um, and that can enlighten uh, an entire culture or region, an area. Um, and that lack, I think, um, is, is a terrible uh, loss because what happens when you take away art from everyday life? You work, you toil, you eat, you go to sleep. But when do you get to enjoy? When do you get to observe? When do you allow your mind to absorb and think? And I think that that sort of element is intangible. Um, I think it's really sad that the arts are not valued the way they should be. Um, because they are so profitable, it becomes a commodity. But when you bring commodity and numbers into something intangible and something that is an essence, if it doesn't measure up mathematically, then it becomes devalued, right? Mm -hmm. But how can you place value in something so valuable? So that's the struggle. And you know, the reality is it does cost money to run a theater. It costs money to, you know, keep the arts alive. And a lot of that is through patronage. So how do we create this culture where people will seek art or they want to see performing art and not just the average you know rocky horror show every halloween right. right right but original works and things so i've been i'm very blessed to be a part of like campo santo theater in san francisco they're at the magic theater uh sean san jose is the artistic director he's genius right i'm working on a play right now with ashley smiley called a god that bleeds these are all original works that are done what happens when you have original works especially people from color or uh, disenfranchised backgrounds that start to reflect the masses and you see yourself reflected in the storytelling, it's going to engage you more or someone who doesn't necessarily know the story of another culture or ethnicity. Now you are audience to this experience. That's really going to undercut a lot of ignorance, uh, fear, 
um, apprehension that is so relevant right now in society. I really think that art is the only, well, not just art. I think, you know, prayer or God or whatever your creator, I think that piece that comes from that and the theater, which to me kind of go hand in hand. I think that's the only solution because it creates a greater understanding. Um, and so, you know, one of my life's missions is to bring this theater back. That's like low key why I got on council. I hate to say it, but you know, it all started because I was so frustrated that our theater was underutilized. And I'm like, what is this? What's going on? You know? And that's why I joined the arts commission. Right. So again, my love has brought me so far, you know, it's brought me to this place. And I, I don't want to lose sight of that, that hunger that I had to bring that back here that opportunity for children to express themselves, to have a safe, a safe space to be mad or angry or sad or whatever you're feeling and let that out. Because when you don't let it out, what does it do? It eats at you, mm -hmm. right? What happens? What is that poem? What happens to a dream deferred? It eats at you, right? You become this raisin in the sun. You need that outlet and you don't have to be a professional actor to act or to, to enjoy or, or partake in theater. You can just take a class and what does that do for you? It does wonders for public speaking, for um, confidence, for learning other cultures, reading these plays and these words that were written, you know, in the past or for the future, right? It is such an experience that I think that everyone should partake in at least sometime in their life. Um, how did you begin your career uh, as an actor? I mean, did it come naturally? Was it something you kind of got into by accident? How did you? No, it was by on accident, dude. It was total. So again, you know, this is why I think it's so important that these schools offer this. Uh, I went to Fairfield High and I took it as an elective on an accident because everything else was full. And I got into the class and it was so cool. Like everyone's chilling and they say, hey, get up and do your interpretation of this. And it wasn't black and white. I didn't have to sit in this desk. I didn't have to read this book. It wasn't a forced behavior, right? That can kind of uh, shackle you in some ways, right? You learn to let yourself go. You learn to be silly, to laugh at yourself, to laugh at others. Um, it's engaging. You get to run around and be a cat, right? Like it's just all this <laughs> crazy stuff that was so much fun as a 15 year old kid. And I was so shy. Like I'm naturally like, I know I'm talking a lot right now, but like, I'm really shy and quiet naturally. And I observe and I'm kind of chill, but I kind of liked it because it allowed me to get outside of myself, to get out of my head which is so important because what happens when you are inhibited, what happens when you are closed off or you feel like you can't uh, express yourself. You know, I grew up in a family from the South where children are seen and not heard. Right. Amen. And, right. So <laughs> that allowed me to like, let everything out that I had to stuff. Right. Like my, my, my parents had just went through a divorce. I had just lost my shame. Um, my mother got sick. I was going through so much as an adolescent. And I went, I just got so depressed. I didn't know what to do with all these feelings. And I really will always say that theater saved my life, right? You know, like I, I had church, church is great, but sometimes you need something that allows you to actually put it into motion, put it out, you know, into the world in a tangible way that is not as passive as receiving, you know, when you're sitting in church, right? Um, and I think it saved my life. It, it really made me want to get up every day and go to school <laughs> so much so that it kind of overtook my life. And that's all I did. <laughs> right? My dad was like, what, you know, my family, they're very old fashioned. They're like, you're going to go to college and be this. And I'm like, no, I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be free. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't pay. I was like, I don't care. I just want to act. Like I didn't give a, sh I don't care what you pay me. <laughs> Even to this day, like I'll do a project for free. If the script is good, I don't care what you pay me. I'm there. 
<laughs> you know, it's about expression and, and creation and telling these stories. And it's one of the oldest art. It's one of the oldest forms of being. I mean, you look at, you know, ancient society, that's how they would get together was through theater work was telling the stories of the gods or whatever, like that we have always had an oral tradition that was acted out for an audience, right? It's a, it's an age old custom, you know, and I, I hate that nowadays it's so uh, undervalued. Agreed. You know? Agreed. Um, you referenced it a, a couple minutes ago, you talked about faith and I know that's a foundational platform uh, that kind of guides you uh, in just about all of your work. So uh, how are you sustained by your faith? And can you tell me about your work with the Knights of Peter Claver, uh, Ladies Auxiliary? You know, I realized that it's something that I was born into, right? Uh, my Aunt Shang, who I referenced, she was my grandfather's sister. She was like my grandmother. And that woman was a saint. You know, went to church every Sunday, heavily involved. So I do think I had the advantage of being surrounded by older Black women and men who literally live their life in faith and in service and selflessness, right? Sometimes I think people are not mad at God or turned off by God, but by the people who quote unquote represent God. Hmm. So luckily for me, I didn't really witness a lot of hypocrisy or duality. So I kind of had that guiding star, right? I mean, this woman, she was just love embodied. She didn't care what you did, how you were. She loved you no matter what, you know? And, and I think being a black Catholic is unique because, you know, we party, you know, we're from Louisiana. So, you know, we will party on a Saturday and be in church the next day. Like Mardi Gras is crazy. Right. And then you have Lent, right. Which is so solemn. And then you come back and you party again. Right. So I think a lot of my culture and custom allows that flexibility to where I don't feel so inhibited within the Catholic faith, especially as we know, historically is a little, a little tricky. Right. I mean, we have our own struggles of recognition within it. You know, a lot of our mission is why are you not can canonizing our black saints? Mm. We have a few um, who, who are saints and who were great people, and yet they're not being recognized the way they should. So again, you know, we were created out of prejudice. So you had the Knights of Columbus who were the, the white uh, organization. They wouldn't let blacks join. So we created our own section. So a lot of our birth comes from our struggle. So there's always that duality here in America where you're aware of the progress we're making, but also the dual consciousness of I exist outside of this boundary and yet I thrive anyway, right? Exactly. So it's a little tricky, but again, I think because I've had such great examples and it's something that I was raised in and, you know, and, and I went my way, like when my Aunt Shane died, that was a very hard time. Mm. You know, I used to be in Oakland all the time up until 15 and, and she died and I was away from my home church in Oakland. And I had this time where I had a huge disconnect and luckily I found theater at that time. Right. So you kind of substitute one for the other mm -hmm. ultimately. Mm -hmm. um, but I think because it was such a huge foundation and a part of my culture, I, I never really left it. And I rediscovered it and had a new respect for it as an adult. Right. They call that reconciliation is the correct term. And when you approach it willingly, it has a greater power. And, you know, now I still believe that God is in East Oakland at St. Benedict's Church. And I go and I see God and I visit. And um, and to go to the same place as a child and to be there in the space as an adult, right? And the same prayers, as you know, Catholics, we have kind of the same prayers. And I remember looking up my, at my Aunt Shang and her saying the Apostles' Creed. I'll never forget. I didn't know the words, but I was watching her say it. <laughs> and now I say it and my daughter watches me say it, right? Wow. 
or even how I was able to trace my family back to the 1700s through baptism because they didn't keep a lot of records for black people, but being Catholic, we had our documentation that way. So it's a very interesting dynamic to have both. Um, but I, again, I think I just was born into this. Again, I think we're born into a certain circumstance. I don't think I'm better. It's just my culture. And I think I would be remiss to let it go. It's such a huge part of me. And I think due to what that faith is, it's so intertwined in your daily life. It's not just you go on Sunday. It's like, it's, it's just a way of life. I can't explain it. So I think that kind of anchors me too. Um, switching gears a little bit now, I want to talk to you about uh, social media, which is a critical tool for communication for um, for you to your constitu constituents and with your constituents. So uh, you're very adept at responding to residents and uh, providing information in a timely manner through your social media presence. So talk to me about the role of social media as it relates to your position, especially now as an elected official. Yeah, you know, people don't have the time to go to the meetings every every other Tuesday. They don't have time to go to the committee meetings or know exactly what's happening. So my job is to really facilitate the information and to fill that gap and to answer questions. Like, I literally work for everybody now. Like, you know, <laughs> like, oh, congratulations. Oh, I'm like, look, I work for you now. If anything, <laughs> thank you for, you know, hiring me. Um, and I think it's a part of my responsibility to always be here and available, you know. I'm grateful I have a work phone so people can call me. Uh, I get calls all the time and I don't mind. Like I love people, you know, and whatever I can do to help. So I think for me, it just comes easy because I'm I'm of this generation where we use social media anyway. Um, what I would really wish is that we did have a greater outreach to the youth uh, because when I was 12, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I didn't care. I didn't care until I was about 20 years old, right? So how do we kind of reiterate the importance of government? and civic engagement to the people who need it the most, right? The ones whose voices go unheard because you will have the same 10 people who get what they want, but the other ones who kind of are the majority, they're not present. So how do we make them present? Because we represent all people, not just a few. So I think one of my greatest missions is to have a greater level of involvement from everyone, especially people of color, especially people who don't necessarily vote or who mm -hmm. feel like it doesn't matter, nah, bro, that shit matters. Mm -hmm. It matters. It matters because then you can hold these people responsible. When you know what's going on and you're informed, you know what's up and you know how to negate or help or guide, right? Like we had this project uh, to beautify Highway 12. I'm sure you remember. Absolutely. And uh, at first they only wanted to do like, I think a quarter mile of Highway 12. And people were like, nah. And I was like, yo, this is happening. People, please tell them what you want. And at the end of it, thank God, the council that was there, an agreement was made to where all of Highway 12 is now being beautified. So again, it's important that you use your voice because had people not gotten involved, we would have had a quarter mile, not four miles, right? right? right. It matters. Like when I tell you, <laughs> I have learned in this journey so far, man, politics matter. And you think it doesn't because it doesn't affect you, but it does. It's kind of like the elephant in the room. Absolutely. You know out of sight, out of mind. If you don't pay attention to it, uh, an elephant can't. By design, uh, exactly. It's by design, they don't want you to. Know. And I'm not saying like government conspiracy. You don't know. I'm not saying that. I'm right, just right, saying right. we are heavily distracted with the day to day of life, working, kids, family, commute. We're tired, and I think you know that somewhat is by design. Mm 
right? Because the more distracted you are, the less you're paying attention. Like we're not woke, right? But when you're woke, you're like, oh, okay, that's what's up. You got to make time for these things because that's going to dictate, is your job going to be here in town or way across the Bay Bridge over there? Right. Right. It matters. Is your kids, like we have a micro transit right now. We don't have a school bus system. Do you know that we have a micro transit and they can get on for free and go to school? Or do you think we have no bus system now? Right. It's very important, you know, and and I get it, man. It's not your fault because you're busy. You know, you got it. Look, everything is high as hell right now. You got to pay bills. You got to do all this. You got to find food. Eggs are ridiculous, like $20 an egg. Right, right, now, right. Exactly. It's a lot. Plus, you got people getting killed on TV. And, you know, so it's a lot going on. But we have to be very mindful of our world around us and what's happening. That is how we make change for the better. So I'm very big on letting people know what's going on to the best of my ability. There's still things I'm learning, you know. Um, but I'm very big on transparency because we need that. You know, we pay the salary for our government buildings, our, our everything staff, me, you guys pay me. You should know what's going on, you know? So I'm very big on that. No, I just, again, I applaud the way you use your platform because not only is it not just uh, a one-way giving of information, you engage. I've seen you go in conversation with folks about, hey, why is this happening? Uh, why is the grass at you know Heritage Park not green, right? I mean, and you get in there and you let people know what's going on. And more often than not, they're pleased. Thank you. I see a lot of thank yous, a lot of, I appreciate you letting me know. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. It's you know, you know like, we, we got a good community, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of really... I can't take credit for the fact that we got good people here. You know, we, we really do. Um, but it, I was a little nervous because, you know, people crazy. I was like, don't be <laughs> yelling at me. And, and, and it is kind of hard now because I'm stepping into a position that decisions were made prior to me that now right. I have to answer for. And I right. hate that. I'm like, Damn it. Like, I right. don't know what to tell you. Look, I'm sorry. If I had it my way, it wouldn't be like this. You know, we can work on it. But again, I, I have to give credit where credit's due. And the people are just amazing here. They are like, thank God for that. You know, I don't walk around here, you know, feeling like they're going to assassinate me. Like, it's cool. You know, I'm like, you know, I run into them and it's fine. It's always love. And, and I, I, it may not always stay that way. You can't please everyone. Right. But that comes with the territory. And as long as I can say that I did my best of my ability and I can answer for myself, whether we go in that direction that I want it or not, at least I can say that I stood, I stood 10 toes down and I did what I needed to do. Right. So exactly. I'm very big on staying true to what I think is right or, or whatever is best for the whole, right. Not just what I want, but for the entire community. Hmm. Um, we're got a few minutes left, but, uh, on a personal note, um, all of the activities you do, whether it's being an elected official, your volunteer work, your community service, being an actor, um, you are constantly on the go, which can be all encompassing. So, how do you ensure that you balance all your commitments and find time to decompress, especially since you have a very beautiful young daughter? Yeah. Um, you got to make the time. Like we went to Tahoe for the day on Saturday, right? We had the best time. Uh, you got to make the time, you know, and then I went to church Sunday cause I was so sad about, well, I go to, I try to go as much as I can, but you know, church really helped me this past Sunday with what's going on in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. So you kind of really have to keep your cup filled intentionally you know, I do yoga, I do ballet, I stretch, I meditate, you know, you have to find what works for you. You know, self-care is a big thing. Self-care, I think is probably one of the most important things you can develop for yourself. It's something that you have to find for yourself. What I do is not going to work for the next person. Right. Hmm. And I also try to have fun with everything too. Like 
I love to have a good time. You know, I think because we're from Louisiana, I love to party, man, like in a good way. It's like you're serious. You get the job done and then you rest. Right. Right. And I think that's a part of our culture as black people, too. You know, even back in slavery time, we worked the whole week. But Sunday we was chilling and we would dance and have a good time. Right. So I think it's also ingrained in, in my biology, too, where I'm like, look, this is all fine and dandy. I'm going to do what I have to do, but I'm going to have some time off and I'm going to have fun with it because life is just your memories and your moments. That's right. all I have. I could die tomorrow. Right. Nothing is promised, but I can say I did my best and I'm happy and I had fun while I was doing it. And I don't <laughs> want to be so worried about perception that I lose that part of it. Cause that's also a part of being a, a public whatever is that you start to worry about how people think of you and you can't think overthink it. And I think a lot of why I'm comfortable is because I studied the actor and, and I'm an actor. So it's like, I'm an artist first. Hmm. And as long as I'm doing, you know, as long as I'm comfortable doing what I'm doing, I can't worry about it because that, I think that'll drive you crazy trying to please everyone and worry about how this looks or, well, well who are you at the end of the day? If you don't have you, exactly. if you lose yourself, what do you have? You know? So I think seeking of self and the fact that I had so much time to do so has really helped me. Um, and it's interesting, the journey of life. I never thought I'd be here. I used to watch the city council meetings like, oh, you couldn't pay me to do that. Get yelled at all day. <laughs> and now I'm up there and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Tight. Not so bad after all, is it? It's interesting. <laughs> uh, no, it's not so bad. It's just, it's, uh, it's not as easy as it looks. No. You, you see no. the meetings and you think that's all there is, but there's so many moving parts outside of that. And that's why I say, God bless everyone who serves, you know, because you really, put a lot into it and it takes a lot away from your personal time and the things that you would want to do. Right. Um, and I wish we had more understanding. I think a lot of what's wrong in the world is we don't understand one another and we don't seek understanding. I wish that we would all just be more compassionate and empathetic. Um, you know, if the building's on fire and we're all trying to put the fire out, why are you criticizing the man trying to put the fire out? You know, right. we're all here to help one another and love each other to the best of our ability. You know, if we really just loved more and sought peace, we'd be so, we'd be such a better place, you know? And I think, I think individually we can seek peace and then collectively we can have peace. It's not this foreign concept, you know, um, if we relinquish our ego or, or the desires of the, of the world, and we try to look at it more as I'm human, you're human, we're both trying our best here. People go through things you'll never know about, you know, and kind of mm -hmm. have that understanding. I mean, imagine the difference the world would be. That's kind of how I look at it. Very well said. Well, Councilmember Washington, uh, you're such a dynamic presence, especially now in the position you're in, you're having already having a, a positive change on Sassoon City. Um, so I want to thank you for all the work that you have done and continue to do. And just the fact that you're a refreshing presence on the council, you bring new perspective, new ideas, that's grounded in uh, your your spirit. And there's a truth and honesty that comes across, which I think a lot of people found uh, refreshing, especially since the fact that you got the most votes. I think people saw uh, the authenticity that you bring to the work. No, I'm, I'm humble, man. You know, there's this, this saying, you know, what do you have that God hasn't given to you? And if so, why do you boast as if it were not, right? Right. All glory goes to God. I don't, I'm just here. I'm just here so I don't get fined, right? Like, <laughs> One of the best I, quotes of all time. <laughs> yo, I, I love Marshawn. Shout out to Marshawn Lynch. That's my guy. Um, no, um, 
I, I'm I'm humble and I'm blessed. I I I can't take credit, and I feel like I haven't done anything yet, bro. I'm like here for what two months? Yeah, I got four years. Like yeah. sheesh, yeah. sheesh. I had like four meetings already. Like I I got a lot I got to do. So I I I I don't think I'll ever be satisfied until our downtown is popping, our mm. theater is going, restaurants, retail. Then I could rest. You know, when I see in, in fruition, our city become better. I could chill. Like right now, like it's grind mode, like pedal to the metal, 10 toes down. Like, what can we do? You know, and we're getting there. And I see it, man. Like it's going to happen. Like, and it's going to be glorious. If people want to get a hold of you, uh, they want to talk to you, engage with you. Uh, where can they go and how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, I make this joke to my city manager that I got a trap phone now. <laughs> <laughs> I have a uh, city phone number um, and it's listed on our website, but it's um. You can email me, pwashington at sassoon.com. Give me a call. It's 707-330-1802. Um, yeah, email me, call me. Like, you know, this is a collective effort. It, this is not just me. I represent everyone, right? And we need to work together to make things move forward. So I'm very big on collaboration and working together and hearing people out. Um, I'm not in charge. We are in charge, right? Um, and whatever I can help, I mean, there, there's... And if it's not, if I don't know, then somebody else knows, right? So reach out at any time. I, I had just had a talk with some kids um, at a high school and I gave them my number and I said that the biggest thing we could ever, the, the biggest challenge is not feeling alone. Right. 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 You're, you're right. never alone. And that's something that I really want everyone to realize you're never alone. There's always a resource or a help or an outlet out there to help you. And, and if I have to be the first stop, cool. Let, let's work together because I hate it to feel alone. It's a terrible feeling. And none of us are alone. We're all in this together. And that's something that I want to leave is that we're all in this world together. And everything we do affects everyone else. You know, there's always a cause and effect. So whatever you need, like reach out. You know, I'm here. Hit me on my line. It's lit. You know? <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> and we'll put links in the uh, on the YouTube page so they'll be able to get right to you. Uh, so again, um, the Honorable Princess Washington, Mayor Pro Tem and City Council Member of Sassoon City, California. Thank you so much for the time and thank you for coming on The Edric Show. No, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure, Edric. I appreciate you. You're very welcome. This has been another edition of The Edric Show. I am your host, Edric Jerome. Again, this is the place for intelligent conversation with interesting people. Thank you for tuning in. Hit the subscribe button, leave a comment, uh, go online, let us know how I'm doing because I want to grow this thing from the ground up and I appreciate you tuning in. We will catch you on the next episode and we'll see you then.